Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Lit AF Relationships with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. I am back this week to talk about sex, intimacy, and relationships. And of course, as always, going deep on the different attachment styles and how the different attachment styles, like the things, the patterns that the different attachment styles have in the bedroom, in sex, in intimacy, with people, partners, all the things. I'm so excited about it. This has been a long time in the making. And this is a topic that I really want to be talking about on this podcast because let's be real, sex is a very important part of any relationship. So I think it's a really important topic. And Shelby Avan is my guest today. And she brings just so much wisdom, knowledge, and honesty about sex and intimacy. So let me just give you her intro. Shelby is a relationship and intimacy coach and Reiki healer. She helps clients to create deep emotional intimacy in their relationships, heal codependency and loneliness. She loves blending the realms of spirituality and science in her coaching and healings. She's especially passionate about the topics of sex, nervous system regulation, attachment styles and energy. So of course, we get into all of that today. Before we get into the episode... As always, I have my own little check-in and I have two things to share today. One is so hard and the other one I'm so excited about. So obviously, I'm going to start with the first one. Or sorry, the excitement, which is the second one that I listed. <laughs> if you follow me on Instagram, here's your invitation if you are interested. My Instagram name is It's Me, Sarah Cohan. Sarah with an H. Cohan with an A. I know, very complicated. I post all the time about Crocs. I love Crocs. I wear them all the time. I'm obsessed with them. If you like send me a Croc meme and I will repost and I'm obsessed, like they're just my jam. I have Croc charms. It's a it's just a Croc lifestyle over here. It's it's amazing. When I saw the Barbie movie this year, I wore, I wore my Crocs. <laughs> So I was perusing the Crocs uh, store for Black Friday sales and I found a pair of chunky heels that are clogs. No strap, no strap, just in, in case you're trying to visualize right now. They are strapless clogs. They are four inches high, no fucking joke. They are a platform chunky heel and guess what color? Barbie pink. So mama is very happy. I have not taken them off since I opened them last night. (laughs) I think I had a dream about them. I will definitely be posting them on my social meds. I'm super bummed because they're more of a summer croc. And we are in winter. December is typically the coldest month here in San Francisco. So they might not make it out for a little bit, which honestly makes me a little bit sad. Sometimes I think of my clothes as my friends. (laughs) I try to make sure that they're living a good life, you know? So that's my exciting update. There's just nothing like a new pair of shoes to just make your day, you know? Um, My other update is that I've been sharing over the past couple of weeks about my Thanksgiving break and setting boundaries. And I am just continuing to set boundaries. And I set just probably one of the biggest boundaries I've ever made in my life. And it was so hard. I mean, his nervous system was so dysregulated. It was 
really, I, I did it late at night, which maybe wasn't the best for me, but it, it was time. It just had to be done. You know, there's never a right time. There's just never a right time to have a hard conversation. There's never the right time to say the tough thing, to set the tough boundary. There's never a right time. So you have to make the time. So last night, I just had a pocket. I had a window where baby was asleep. I just got... I was just like, now is it. And I'm still coming down off of it. I think it's going to take me probably this whole week to continue to regulate my nervous system and calm myself and come back to center. And I just have so many doubts and fears and worry. And then I get so proud of myself for setting a really tough boundary. And I pulled a tarot card, which is one of my ways to connect with spirit and, and ancestors. And... I pulled the sun card, which that's my card for this year. For, our, for I got a reading for my birthday, and that's the card that I got. And it just made me feel like this is really hard. And it's truly for the best for everyone involved. It's really hard to see boundaries like that if boundaries weren't a thing growing up. But I really think that it's it's gonna help me and by helping me that helps all parties involved. And I also think it's going to help the other person. So that's me just trying to, you know, make sense of this crazy world that we live in. So yeah, I'm going to be gentle, very gentle on myself this week. Yeah. It's just so important. like so important to take care of yourself after you do these things. I'm telling you that to you, but really I'm telling that to myself. That's it for my check-in today. You got two big things. Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Hello, Shelby Avan. Thank you for being here and welcome to Lit AF Relationships. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to actually, like we were saying before we started here, just to actually like see each other and have a conversation. Yes. We've been swimming in the same communities for quite a while now. And we both got our certifications from the same place, personal development school. I'm sure we both studied from the personal development school for quite a long time. So we have similar backgrounds, but very different kind of coaching focuses. So I'm really excited to have you on the pod today. And we're going to get into intimacy. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about attachment styles, like maybe get into some kink, which I'm excited about. My goal, my intention, I'm going to share this with y'all is to lean in instead of being like, oh no, we can't talk about that. (laughs) Even I am like, "Uh, is that okay? Like, (laughs) (laughs) It's all okay. Yeah, it's all okay. We're hopefully going to go there today, which I'm very excited about. Okay. So to kick it off, I'd love to hear about... We'll just start with attachment style and then we'll kind of get into the intimacy stuff. So I'd love to hear from um, from your perspective, like what what attachment style did you resonate with most before you started healing? Uh, FA. Fearful avoidant. Fearful avoidant. Yeah. Nice. Welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of, um, in a sense, like not the best, but at the same time, the best when you need to relate to people because you kind of know both sides of the coin. Yes. And then people don't really understand FA is that much. Uh, because we do switch back and forth. So it's kind of like, then you see that and you're like, oh, I I know, I understand you. <laughs> I can understand I a little bit of both sides. And when you're swinging back and forth and you don't know which side you're on. hundred percent. I Which is which is a little bit, you know, what's funny with this actually just talking about the sex and kink and whatever and all the things. I'm like, I feel like this is life for me in general. I'm like, I don't really know what side I stand on with anything. Like I like all sides of all the things. <laughs> You're exploring it all, which is maybe why you have this attachment style. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, yes. um, I am also a recovered, fearful, avoidant. So I feel like we're kind of bringing a fun perspective. I say fun because I agree. I think it's the best attachment style. I remember the first time someone told me that and I was like, wait, we can like our attachment styles? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I, in saying that, I didn't even think about it like that. But as I'm, yeah, as I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, yeah, yeah I like it. Like, I don't know. I think you kind of have to embrace what you, what you have in general, right? Like, yes, that's otherwise you, I don't know. Maybe that's a part of the healing thing that I just said out loud. hundred like, percent. I, yeah. I mean, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think so. Like what, what? honoring and like being able to have gratitude for what you have and what your brain is bringing to the picture is to me is like so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'd love to hear just about your coaching practice so folks can understand kind of like what elements you bring into your coaching and kind of what we'll cover today. Okay. So with my coaching, I like to do coaching programs I, ideally. So like a 12-week program is what I like to tell people is ideal to do. Actually, I guess I got I have a little bit of a story before going into the coaching part, which is like I started with Reiki healing uh, and then started going into personal growth work. What ended up happening for me when I was doing my Reiki sessions was I actually found that there were like what was happening in the Reiki sessions where things were coming up, people were having issues, but I didn't really have any um, answers as for how people could fix them. I was just like, oh yeah, this is what's causing the the blockage in in your chakra and in, in your energy system. Good luck with that. <laughs> and that's kind of like, <laughs> like I didn't, I just didn't feel like I was really fully helping people. It was on a certain level, but not in a fully formed way. And then when I, I got into the personal development school and started doing the healing for myself, and then I saw that there's a certification, I was like, this is, this makes sense to me. Like, this is something that can really help people. And I can actually give answers to people as I'm doing my healing sessions or in coaching sessions, or they can do both because I think they're both really complementary. Where I can actually give people the answers, and honestly, that's what I've that's what I've seen because I did a market um, last night, for example, and I did um, a Reiki session on someone, and all the energetic blockages that we have in our systems come up from like emotional things that we just haven't dealt with. So this is like that trauma that gets stored in our body. That stuff, like if we don't let our emotions fully run through us, then it it literally just gets stuck. <laughs> it gets stuck. That's where the chakra blockages are. They're like these, from like these emotional things. And then if we leave them there for too long, it's like that stress buildup in your body. And then all of a sudden we have physical things that start to come out. So being able to learn how to actively deal with that, with the stuff that I would do with coaching. So being able to communicate, understand needs, set boundaries, understand like what your core wounds are and how to recalibrate those stories, working on your nervous system, all of those things help you to be able to make your body healthier and live in a I don't know, better way in the world, move <laughs> about in a more secure way. That's amazing. That's amazing. And then you also focus on intimacy. Is that right? Yeah. I love, I love talking about sex. I love talking about intimacy, again, nervous system stuff. I just think it all kind of comes into play. And to me, I feel like when you start to talk about sex in itself, I think that's honestly like some of the deepest healing work. Like there's sex and probably actually probably the level of energy those can be some of the deepest realms of healing for people because sex in itself is very taboo. And some of the things that happen during sex can be very like triggering. And you don't really understand what's happening and your people pleasing can come in and disassociation can come in. Shut down. Like all these things can happen. Like even like crying after you have an orgasm or approaching orgasm and you can start crying and then you freak your partner out because they don't know what's happening. Like all these things can start happening during sex that people don't want to talk about because you're like, I don't know what's happening. 
and I don't know how to explain it to them. And now I feel shame and now I feel judged. And now I feel like, I don't, I don't know. And then it causes, it can cause a lot of, <laughs> a lot of conflict that people just still don't want to end up talking about because it's, uh, everyone kind of just feels hurt by it, but it's just, they don't understand. They just don't know. Yeah. It's complicated. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. Well said. well said. And okay. So I heard on a previous podcast that you were on that you found out about personal development school through a dominatrix. Is this- I did. <laughs> yes, I did. Story. Okay. Yeah, I did. That's yeah. I was introduced to, she has a whole bunch of YouTube uh, videos. So I was introduced to her YouTube channel by someone that I was actually seeing at the time. And then I, as I got in and started watching her stuff, I was like, I really like this. I like how to me, the realm of kink and like dominatrix and stuff, it's all about power and control. And it's very applicable to life. Like you, mm-hmm. there's a lot, there's a lot of power dynamics that just happen in life. And, and as I started seeing this, I'm like, I like this because I want to apply it in real life. I don't necessarily need to apply it in, uh, in the bedroom or for kink, but I think that this is so applicable to just dynamics and relationships and people just need to kind of know and understand about it. And it's really interesting. I just started coming around to wanting to learn a little bit more about power again from a book that I was like, I am never going to fucking read this book. This is a narcissist handbook. I'm not going to read this. And then I listened to a podcast where he was actually talking, like the author was actually talking. I was like, damn. Okay. You don't sound like a narcissist. (laughs) You sound, you sound like you actually are a very well-rounded human and he intentionally said that the book was written in a way to be, to like, I think kind of to get that reaction out of people for it to be inflammatory. But he sounded well-rounded. So I'm like, okay, I think I can handle it if I know you're a well-rounded human. But the idea of power and control is very um, inflammatory <laughs> and triggering, especially if you've been in relationships where like it was a narcissistic relationship or where you do start to notice that there's power dynamics at play. You're like, that was used against me. Like, Fuck that. And then, and then it's just, <laughs> so it's hard to deal with, which I think is what happened for me. And when I started reading a bit of that book, so I was like, this is happening to me right now in this moment. Like that sucks. Mm, that's so hard. Power and yes. control. It's so interesting. I feel like clients that I see often have some sort of wound around control. Mm-hmm. I, in my own healing journey, took years to honor the fact that I need like love control and need control. Like mm-hmm. I was so embarrassed about it. And then same with power. Like I've coached so many clients that are like, if I'm powerful or if I have power, that means I'm a bad person. So it's so Mm. interesting. We have all these stories around those two things. And you're right. Like they are a natural part of life that like we kind of need to wrap our heads around in Mm -hmm. order to get a little bit more satisfaction out of life, I think. Yeah. Well, I think it can very much be like we can really... Like seeing some of those sides of power that we like to take on even if we don't want to admit it, we do play in some of those, in some of those realms. And then if we notice it, sometimes that goes into our shadow side of being like, Oh no, like this is a bad, a bad part of me. This isn't an okay thing. When that's not really true. There's like, it's just finding a balance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then going back to everything. So back to the, uh, the dominatrix. So I ended up doing some like one-on-one coaching with her. And then she basically told me that the person I was dating at the time was a narcissist, didn't love that. So I stopped seeing her. (laughs) And then, <laughs> but she told me about the personal development school at the same time. She said, you should check out some of these videos. Like, okay. 
but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's the, that's how I found out about um, PDS. <laughs> nice. I feel like that is just the most unique inroad to personal development school. I don't know if anyone. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> So good. Also, so glad that you, you know, were able to heal from that relationship and kind of ideally create more healthy relationships in your life. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And not easy. No, not easy at all. Cause actually I joined PDS when I was in like, so when I was in that relationship and when I was in it, I didn't really think that I was making a lot of progress, but then all of a sudden I did realize how much progress I was making while still in that relationship, while dealing with all those things. And I just didn't recognize it because that person was very invalidating, invalidating and gaslighting. So it's like, I'm doing all this work and I'm actually showing up really well. And you just don't care. You don't care. Wow. So hard. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, it sounds like you have moved on from that relationship. Is that correct? Yeah, I have. I have. It's, I do have to say that some of the, those types of relationships are really interesting though, because there's, there's still parts of me that like, think about this person and, Mm. and it's like, why, you know, why, why do I, why does, why? (laughs) Yeah. Why? We know how bad he was to us. Like that's not, it's really not okay. And I have to, and like, it's hard because if I, if that starts to happen, I have to recalibrate my brain by thinking of all the awful things that he did. And that's pretty traumatizing to go back and be like, yeah, to go back and try to just be like, I need to level this out, but I'm going to like depress myself by doing this. It's difficult to have to deal with that, but I mean, if you've gone through it, let me tell you, I can, I can help you <laughs> with, with it in certain stages for sure. I love that you're on the other side. And thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that because I feel like that's such a human thing to end a relationship and then still be thinking about them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I feel like sometimes we judge ourselves for that because we're like, you know, but look at all these things they did or like, I'm, you know, I'm not interested in that person anymore. I do this when I have like um, sex dreams about my ex. <laughs> They'll just happen. And I'm like, I, I feel awake up feeling so guilty because I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not with that person anymore. I'm happily married with a new person. You know what I mean? I'm like, where yeah. did that come from? But my subconscious is just doing shit on its own, just like, you know, our brains are still kind of thinking about that person that we used to date. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you bringing that up. Yeah. I feel like so much of this work is just normalizing what our brains do. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, pretty much. But like, so hearing what you say with X, I've had I've had stuff like that. Actually, I had like recently, I had a couple dreams with different exes. So it wasn't even the same ones. It was just different people from my past. Like, what are all of you guys doing here in this in this particular week? What is happening? And um, and it's just like I think I think it's probably just the needs thing coming up. So our brain is, is searching for something, searching for a need or something that we wanted or really enjoyed about these people um, or that they gave to us. And then it's like, well, yeah. So like this person was all about fun. This person was about, I don't know, business and understanding more about myself and whatever else. And I'm like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like honor that need and then, you know, continue moving forward. Yeah. And also process any kind of emotion that comes up when you think about having that dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Easy things to do. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. So oh, this is kind of the biggest topic, but I would love to hear how different attachment styles show up with sex and intimacy and relationships. You kind of mm-hmm. already mentioned some of it, people pleasing and dissociation. I feel like that's... If you could just talk about kind of the different types and how things that they may or may not struggle with in the bedroom. Uh, I'll start with anxious. So anxious leaning people are probably more likely to, I think everyone people pleases, like all attachment styles kind of people please in a way, but 
the more stereotypical way I would say comes from like the anxious, they will probably put their pleasure, uh, the other person's pleasure way ahead of their own. And they don't necessarily always understand what their actual needs are. So they might not even know what it is that they need for pleasure. And they'll get resentful and, you know, blow up at some point in time, probably. But then they can also use sex as this form of like validation for love and connection. So they might, they may be more in like quotation sexual, but it's just because it's, it's like a, it could be validation for them and being like, yes, they, they love me. They want to have sex with me. That um, this is connection. And all throughout college. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, to be honest, I think it, I, I really think that it's something that a lot of people do. I feel, okay, so then moving over to like FAs, I think there's this certain level of, again, it, it brings this certain level of connection, but not necessarily that emotional connection that we truly strive for. So uh, we may deeply end up connecting, but I find with FAs, it can't be, it can't be both. Otherwise they'll run away. So it's like, you can either deeply emotionally connect or you can sexually connect. But if you have both, then they're like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> and I think I'm out like the, you're, you're going to see me, you're going to know who I am. And that's not okay. Power dynamics up in here. I need to know who you are. <laughs> I need to know more about you, but you can't see me because that's dangerous and I'm going to get hurt. Mm, I deeply resonate with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. And then um, I think with FAs too, just because I, I recognize this is a pattern that I, I did in the past as well, which was if there was conflict, then there would be movement more so towards resolution via sex versus communication. So it never ne necessarily actually was repaired. It was just like, we feel more connected because we've had sex, but it's not actually repaired. Wow. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. And then with the dismissive avoidance, from my understanding there, I think they can seem to have more like casual relationships and be a bit more distant. But I think that they might also be dissociated from their bodies with sex. To be honest, like they, like it's, again, I think it's a little bit of the same thing that I said with like FAs is there can't be like, it almost, it's not transactional, but kind of in a way it is because like the DAs can be so logical. It's like, no, this is just sex. Like we're just, this is pleasurable. This is meeting a pleasure need. We orgasm and like, ta-da, <laughs> like yeah. the end. But, but again, every attachment style does want connection. They want, like everyone wants more than, than what usually than what we're actually getting. Um, if it's an insecure attachment style, but it's just like, how do we, <laughs> how do we go about it and how do we heal and, and create deeper, like real deep intimacy and that, like that emotional connection that comes through uh, co-regulating nervous systems, which can look like, so this is kind of uh, from like Tantra based um, stuff, but Tantra, but just <laughs> life skills. But there's things like, you know, sitting there and looking at each other, looking at each other's eyes, eye gazing. And that's an aspect of helping to co-regulate. But if you're insecure, um, you might notice that you're really shifty eyed and it's hard for you to actually look at someone in the eyes for a long period of time. Right. So like starting to work on stuff like that. Sometimes there's also like sitting together and being able to put like one hand on the other person's heart. And like, you know, if, you can, if you're watching the video, you'll be able to see this, <laughs> what I'm doing here. <laughs> but yeah, each, heart. Person, each person puts their other hand on the other yeah, person's heart. Hand on heart. <laughs> and like, and just breathing together. And then if you can like match breathing, that can be good too. So this is, this is a lot of like co-regulation type stuff with the nervous system. There's aspects of that, which build intimacy in itself. And then 
building intimacy through doing things together. So like going on those dates that you like, going on walks together, talking about whatever things are like you're, you both have interests in or just supporting someone that you know, like, you know, maybe you don't like this thing particularly, but you know how passionate they are about it. So like, yeah, sure. Talk about it. Let me, you know, tell me more. <laughs> that stuff is building intimacy and showing support. And those are the things that we need to be able to build up that deeper intimacy in a relationship in general, which does move over into the realms of sex too. And then um, like also being able to communicate what our needs and boundaries are. So in like take away the sex part of it, but just what we say we need in our relationship, what our boundaries are in our relationship when it comes to sex, then it's like, okay, I, you know, I need foreplay. I like sensual interactions. I don't really want to do penetration up without like, I don't know, for like 30 minutes or more or something. And, and like people can't like actually having those talks is are really important because that's a part of building up the intimacy and feeling safe with one another. And and then the boundaries part is basically like the consent. So what do I consent to do here? I can even say like in dating on first dates, I don't like it if people don't ask me regarding any type of touch stuff. Like if I had one person that just kind of started touching, like just put their hand on my back, stuff like, yeah, get away from me. <laughs> don't touch me. I don't want you to, t-. like I didn't, I actually didn't want them to touch me in the first place. And then you just kind of started doing it. I'm like, I don't, like stop. <laughs> uh, or first kiss or anything like that. Like, ah, to me, I like, I prefer that people ask. I think it shows respect and consideration. Kind of thing versus there's this is very sexy. Yeah. And then I I know that some people can can say like, no, I just want to be taken and be like, okay, but sure. But that's probably a little bit more of the insecurity and the chaos coming in. Because if you don't know the person, you don't really want to be taken. Like that's your nervous system being used to unsafety coming in. Mm, So it's maybe like that higher need for chaos or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a normal for you. And yes, that's still an awesome thing to be able to have, but you can have that, that sense of being taken with someone that you trust and feel safe with too, because you've had a conversation saying, I really do like this. Like, I don't know, wake me up in the middle of the night. And like, if you do that tonight, like, like you want to have sex, like I'm down and there can be like an aspect of that. But then it's kind of like a buildup of being like, this would be really hot. And there's some like, in a sense, anticipation, because like maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. But there's, but yeah, there's like having these conversations to be able to build that stuff up is, is really important because it's, it, you're, we don't realize how unsafe we can make our bodies seem or feel with, uh, with some of the things that we, we think we want, but without actually having that communication, it's just not, it's not super safe. It's like focusing on what does feel safe to your body and then mm-hmm. building the communication skills to have those conversations about what you like and what mm-hmm. the other person likes and figuring out how you can kind of, Build that together. I love it. Okay, mm-hmm. how do you keep those conversations sexy? Like, because like a lot of these, um, I'm coaching a client right now who we were like <laughs> reviewing her her boundaries in the bedroom, mm-hmm. and I was trying to encourage her to, you know, set her boundary, and then also like she was trying to um, to ask her her current person that she was dating like when were you last tested and mm-hmm. she was trying to make it in like a sexy way that wasn't going to like completely like er, crash like end what they were engaging in mm-hmm. but also being able to set that boundary so that she knew kind of like what she was getting into if that makes sense yeah well i think uh, i don't really know how it is to make it sexy i think it's just um it's it's more about comfortability so just starting mm-hmm. to learn how to have those conversations practicing them more often. So I don't know like whether or not she's actually had like sex with this partner already, but ahead of time, if you, it's, it's kind of like planning for what you want and what you expect as you're dating. Right. So 
hey, like take it into your own hands. So it's something that I'll do too. Like the last time I was tested was in whatever point in time. Like we're getting serious now. I'm interested. Like I want to have sex with you, but I need to know that we've both been tested. So can we? Like I'll go get a new test, and I'd like to. I'd like you to do the same, and then I'd like, and then we can share our, our results. Like I'll we can do that, and then set a timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that because you're leading with your own vulnerability first. Like, yeah, this was the last time I got tested. I'd love to hear, you know, when? How about you? Can we go together? And then a specific timeline and a date. Yeah. Like, it's really beautiful. But what yeah. about like when it's in the heat of the moment? It's so it's hard when it's in the heat of the moment because there's like I recognize that there's um, like when we're healing, it can be so hard for us to actually communicate. So it's. Honestly, people are probably going to bust past their boundaries. Then, the, and what it, like it's just going to happen um, as we're on the healing journey because because it's been it's likely it's been happening. It's you're just going to have to accept it is going to happen. I'm going to get better at it, but it is going to happen. But it's just as you learn to understand what your nervous system is doing. I feel like that's to me that's one of the biggest things to start to notice is what's actually happening in your body. What are the signs that things aren't right for you? Like, are you are you still here? Are you dissociating? Do you feel distant from your body? Do you feel anxious? Is your throat closing up? Is your voice changing? Are you coming out and you sound more meek in the way that you're doing things or in the way that you're speaking? Like just starting to notice these different things that are happening in your body. And then honestly, if you're with, if you're with someone that's respectful and like it can still hurt people's feelings, but it just kind of shows whether if they have work to do or not too. But it's like, if it's in the heat of the moment and something doesn't feel good, you can just say like, Hey, like something's happening for me. I just need to pause. And, like, and you can name whatever it is that's happening. But it's like, I just need a second and, and see where that goes. And in saying that too, like that's going to be really telling as for what this person is like. Cause if they take it personally, to me, that's a red flag. Because you want to, again, you want to feel safe with someone that you're going to be intimate with. And if they're not willing to pause, then that's not, that's not safe. And that's not consensual anymore either, to be honest. Well said. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. I love that. The pause is such a good idea. Like, can mm-hmm. you something's happening for me? I just need to pause. That's so mm-hmm. great. And usually it's just to slow down. That's honestly usually just to slow down. Cause um, again, thinking of my own experiences, I just find that things move so can move so fast. And then all we need to do is slow it down again. And that would be fine. But most of the time it's just that people will push through. They'd be like, no, no, it's fine. I can, I can do it. It's like, you don't have, <laughs> like, you don't have to. Just cause you can. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yeah. We can all do it, but like, <clears throat> are we enjoying ourselves while we're doing it? Yeah. Like, this is meant to be pleasurable for both of us. Like, take yourself into consideration and be like, we oh, could yeah. just make the pleasure last longer. How's that sound? <laughs> it sounds amazing. Yeah. It sounds ideal. I love yeah. that. <laughs> okay. So, I work with a lot of clients who have a very high romantic need. Okay. So I'm curious, um, how do you break this down for someone that's either trying to get over an ex or is dating and like trying to get their needs met elsewhere? Like, how do you help? Or like, what would you say to that person that really has that high romantic need? Romance yourself. Hell yeah. (laughs) And so, and in saying that, like, what does that look like? What a lot of the things that we find very romantic, we like, we can do for ourselves. Like I would love, you know, I, um, an experience with a, a recent partner that I had was like, I would love for someone to do something for me where it's like a bath with candlelight and like, it's get, I don't know, it gets all made up and just, I don't know, just, it sounds nice. And basically I, I had set that up. Like I had that already for myself. 
And then my partner at the time was over and I was like, can you, can you just like, like, like the candles for me? And I went away, came back in, he had done it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> but I was like, in a sense, I kind of had had it all set it up ready for me. Cause that's how I would have done it for myself anyway. But then uh, I just asked him to do it. I was like, oh, so nice. <laughs> <laughs> like I hadn't set the candles out. I was, I think that was the one thing I was surprised by. I was like, I would have put three candles out and I had like a whole bundle of candles and he had like, he just lit almost all of them oh my God, I <laughs> and put them all over the place. Like, oh, this is really, I like this. This is so sweet. <laughs> extra. <laughs> yeah. But it was nice. But I think there, like there's in saying that there's also knowing certain things. So I know that like this person, he was a very sensual person. So he liked that in general. He likes smells and scents and scenery and sounds and all that stuff. So that's actually very much like um, akin to him in the first place. But there's something to that, like also knowing who it is that you've attracted and what some of the things it is that they they also like to do, what they're capable of. But you can potentially teach them by again, like creating that scene like I was saying, because basically I had everything set up. I knew that I was going to have a bath at some point in time, whether it was with him or not. Um, so all the things that I wanted was already going to be there. And I like to have the, the mood setting for myself and, and whatever there. So it's like, you can basically set it up and then just be like, Hey, can you light, light the candles? <laughs> and what if you don't have someone else light the candles? Like, what does that look like when it's just you? Then you just have to then just do it for yourself. Like that's it. You just have to accept that sometimes you just have to do some of the stuff for yourself. It doesn't mean it's going to be forever, but like, why would, again, why would you not allow yourself pleasure? Why does it have to be given to you by someone else? You can do it for yourself. You're capable. So do it. Mm-hmm. Like go buy yourself flowers. Those are some other things that I'll do. Like I don't buy myself flowers as much as I'd like to, but I like buying myself flowers. I'll put them in my bath too. Um, something else you can do is like if you're building up your friend group where you have really solid friends, like I have this one friend who we're both like, we like the bougiest stuff. Like we'll go out, we'll get dressed up, we'll go out for dinner, have like oysters and fancy drinks. And then she asked me if um, I wanted to get my nails done with her the other day. And I was like, that's, you can do stuff like that <laughs> with your friends too. It doesn't have to be like, you just have to think outside of the box. If it's a, if it's a romantic need, you think that it only has to be with a partner, but it's not. People can romance you in many different ways. And it doesn't have to be just with a romantic partner. It's like, you can do it for yourself. You can do it with friends. I don't know if it'd be, I guess it'd be possible at work. I just don't know how. I haven't thought about that concept yet, but it could be. Yeah. I feel like oh, that's interesting. I like that. Cause I feel like when you break down intimacy and romance, it's like a lot of it is an emotional connection. Yeah. So you can have emotional connection with folks at work. You can diversify how you're getting your need met. And that can include your coworkers and you know, if they're close to you. Yeah. Well, I'm even thinking right now, like this isn't necessarily romancing, but just cause some of the stuff that I'm doing on, or my, <laughs> I'm moonlighting as receptionist. So <laughs> as I'm doing my coaching as well, but one of the things that I realized I really liked about dealing with customers is that some of like some of them suck but some of them are really nice and uh, like one lady came in and she just she called me sweetie or something and I was like I don't usually like that but I actually really like that in this like in this moment now cuz I had like a hard situation with someone else before so I was like oh my gosh this is like wildly different from the experience I just had and I think I think I love this human right now <laughs> that's amazing yeah Aww. so it's like so yeah. So even like noticing those little things when they come up, if you can start to, again, just as more self-awareness, right? How can you be more aware of the things that you enjoy in life? Like, I don't know, maybe finding some gratitude for it and noticing it. How can you bring more of that into your life? Just, yeah, doing stuff like that. Yeah. I find that actually just being aware of how that need is getting met 
like you don't even really have to change. Sometimes you don't even have to change anything about your schedule or your life. Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden you can be like, this total complete stranger is giving me a pet name and that makes me feel so seen and heard and like whatever else, <laughs> you know, like what other need is like coming up with that. Yeah. And, and just honoring that can sometimes just fill that bucket, need bucket in the words of, you know, Thais and personal development school. Mm-hmm. In a way that like you don't have to like make a laundry list and like, fill your day with all the activities to meet your needs. Mm-hmm. Just like you just kind of just notice how they're getting that already. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mm-hmm. love that. That's awesome. Um, okay. So I'd love to hear, uh, what would you tell someone who's struggling with insecure attachment? Uh, that you can become secure. It's very possible. And you just have to be willing to, to do the work. Yeah. It's pretty simple. How would you encourage someone that, to be more open to doing the work? Hmm. I find that to be a pretty hard question just because it is something that I struggle with. And what I see with people is that I don't really find that you can encourage people. It's just when they're ready, they're ready. Like they're, they're just hurt enough. And they're like, you know what? <laughs> I think I've had enough of this. Yeah. I think that it's really good to lead from example. Don't give advice. <laughs> That's been what I still learn. <laughs> yeah, I know. I do. I do too. I, I started falling into it with one of my other girlfriends. I was like, oh, I just want the best for you. Please change your ways. <laughs> I love you so much. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, it's hard. It's hard for that one. But usually people don't really actually want advice. They just want to be seen and heard. But sometimes like in the way of, of again, just showing up in those ways. So like, hey, I'm down to listen to this for a certain amount of time. But I'm going to be honest. I just keep hearing the same story. And there's going to be a point where I'm not going to want to support you in this because you're not changing. Um, so I'm not going to be available for that. And so in your healing and understanding what you need to do with your... like to protect yourself, your peace of mind and setting your boundaries, that might push someone to be like, oh, I need to change. Just be just in you being being a healthy, secure person and being honest. So I don't know. Yeah. Like sometimes there can just be like, hey, I'm just like, you know, I'm seeing this. It's at some point in time someone will be ready to see it too. But again, you just advice doesn't seem to work. It seems to bring more resistance, I find, if people aren't ready to, so to change. More resistance. Yeah. Yeah. I remember years ago I got some feedback from my boss that I was drinking too much at a work event. And I remember like getting the feedback and I was like, I can't believe you're saying that. And it was so defensive. Yeah. And then you know, we got done with the, t- we got done with the feedback session and I immediately called my other coworker. I was like, can you believe this? And she was like, I can't believe that. And then fast forward two years, I quit drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, she saw it. She knew what was going on and I was not ready to hear it at all. But then as soon as I was ready to mm-hmm. be open to the change, then mm-hmm. I kind of looked back and be like, you saw that. And like, mm-hmm. I wasn't, I just wasn't ready for it. So it kind yeah. of like illustrates your point of like, if you're not ready, you're not ready. And that's totally okay. And, you know, maybe down the line somewhere, it will actually make some change. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because actually even even in that example, I'm thinking, oh, well, there also is that factor of who it is. Sometimes it's, it is about who's telling you. So like being upset about your boss saying that, but then if your friend said, actually, right, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was kind of like, to me, I just, as you said, the story, I was like, actually, it sounds like she was enabling you versus anything else. Yeah. In that moment, right? So I'm like, that's not really being super helpful in that because it's like, if there is a bad habit that's happening, um, then it's kind of like, well, like, are you going to enable in codependency or are you going to, yeah, like, be like, hey, yeah, um, mm. yeah, 
Oh my gosh. It was such a tough moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And so I'm so curious, like, what are you doing moving forward? I always love to hear kind of coaches practices. So like, what are you doing moving forward to sustain your earned secure attachment? Um, oh, that's a good question. I keep learning. So I think that there's, there's so much depth in understanding how to be secure and how to maintain it. And then as you live through things, you kind of get thrown back into your insecurities and the way that you've handled things before and then have to recalibrate and stuff. So I've been learning again, more so about like nervous systems, bodies, somatic works. I think it's really, really important. I've been creating a uh, more depth in my dance because that's one of the outlets that I use for moving my emotions through my body. Basically, <laughs> I feel like it's a somatic therapy for me. Yeah, I've gotten a whole new relationship with dance, I find. And then what else? I'm working on expanding my social group too, because I kind of didn't have, I really isolated myself off actually before, just before COVID. And then COVID happened. And then I was like, oh, well, that helps. <laughs> that helps with isolation. <laughs> uh, so I've kind of been like rebuilding my, my group of people. And I've kind of been assessing like who is it that I really want to bring into my life and who um, who really helps me to give me support, to hold me accountable, to meet my needs, like really, really just trying to be actively like utilize all the tools that I that I've learned and and how to implement that with the people that I bring around in my life. And um, it's been very interesting to to think of and try to figure out because I've I have a few people, but I've realized that one of the big needs that I've had lately is. Um, is that again, a, a certain growth pattern, which goes with what actually what we were talking about beforehand with my business. I really like to invest in coaches. Like I've invested in a mastermind and stuff. Oh, like it was years ago now or events. I haven't done that in a while. So I, I literally just did that yesterday. <laughs> I reinvested into like a big, a big thing, which I think is going to really help with my growth need and the achievement probably too for the business. And just being in the room with people that have bigger ideas than most of the people that I meet on at the moment on the daily, like people at my, um, at my work, this is what I found at my last job too. Is like, they, I don't find that they have as elevated thoughts or don't want to go as far as where I do. And I don't feel like I, I just don't feel like I can talk to them about that stuff. And it's not as like, I don't know, very neutral, fine conversation. There's still connection there, but it's not like these conversations that I really want to be having with people. So I, I have to pay for those friends, <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but it sounds like it's worth it. <laughs> it is. It is. Because I like I've done that before. One of my girl one of the girlfriends I made from the mastermind like years ago. She's one of my most worth like worthwhile friends. And I like I had to pay to go to a space where I met this person. Yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. So yeah. And it's and honestly it's the same thing with it's the same thing with um like with the coaching certification for us. Like I wouldn't have met you or a whole bunch of other people who are actually some of my closer friends and they're through PDS yeah. because we have like-minded um goals and and needs with the personal growth. And then people in there I find are actually quite high achieving. Um, yeah. like really want to do stuff with their lives as well. And and so it's like, yeah, these people, these are my people. So I, I need I need to pay to be with the people that I want to be with in a sense. Yeah, I love that. Okay, mm -hmm. I mean you know as long as it's affordable and doable, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean you can go you can go to the gym and do that too. If like the gym or something is one of your high needs, you can go go and meet people that that do the same type of activities that you like. So it's it's the same type of thing. Like a lot of the times, I find you have to pay to, or in my experience, I've had to pay 
for my friends, <laughs> for access to, to the friends. Very good access. I love yeah. it. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's just been so great having you on the podcast today. Is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners? I do have a program coming out in the new year. So I know we said we're not sure when this is going to come out, but at the beginning of January, I'm starting a, a group coaching program. So it's going to be a 12 week coaching program. There'll be six spots available for people to join in. And so it's a more affordable way of being able to work with me and basically do like this, my coaching program. But then you also do get the support of the other people that are in the group with you. So it'll be 12 weeks of that coaching basically to help you start to learn how to address your needs, your boundaries, um, understanding like nervous system stuff, working on different things. We'll do some Q and A's, but to help you to get more secure. And move move out of that insecure attachment style and get you on that healing. Like, I guess probably most people that are listening to this are already on the healing journey, but to uh, further you down that road. I love it. That's awesome. And um, how can listeners get in touch with you or anything that you're kind of up to? Uh, so they can follow me on Instagram. So my Instagram is Intimacy Mistress, and my website is Shelby Avan with two N's. Uh, .ca. Awesome. And I will link both of those things below. Yes. Awesome. awesome. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's so fun to have someone that it's in the personal development school talking about, you know, the same things that, that I'm always talking about, but with a spin on it. This is so fun. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. We didn't even get into kink. We'll have to have you back on. Now. I was going to say, I feel like we've got a lot more to talk about. So yeah, we should do a part two. <laughs> we can, you can, you can get some like very specific questions ready. I'm like, okay, we're going to, I'm going to ask these. We're going to, we're going to yeah. go the taboo route and that's going to be that. Go the taboo route. I feel like I touched <laughs> in. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> yes. I like, I like the conversation that we had though. Anyway, I think there was a lot of good stuff in there. So absolutely. Yeah. It's a good basis for the next one. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me on. I enjoyed it. That is it for this episode with Shelby Avan. I'm just so grateful for her to be on the show. I like I'm blown away by her knowledge about attachment style in the bedroom and just the different things that we the patterns that we tend to go to when we're in um, you know, sexual situations. So I learned a lot. I hope you did too. Um, and I just want to thank her so much for being on the show. And I'm I'm sure she'll be back on because this was such a juicy topic. And I really think it was so, so, so useful. A couple of things. Um, this is the last episode of 2023. This year has been amazing. Thank you for being here and for listening. And this year kind of took a whole new turn for the podcast. Podcasts used to be all about bringing on different coaches and healers to talk about personal growth and spirituality. And now the show is really just talking about attachment style and me talking about ways to heal and issues that may or may not coming up in your dating life and in your current relationship or relationships. So thanks for being here. I'm just so incredibly, incredibly grateful. As always, if you want to take this work deeper, and if you're interested in finding out more about your attachment style and just the specific old patterns that are holding you back from finding the person that you want to build a life with, I would love to talk with you on a free discovery call. You'll you'll just learn the tools that are possible to heal literally within the next six months. This is totally doable. And I just want you to know that it, like what Shelby said, it's totally possible to heal your attachment style. So I hope to see you on this free discovery call. If you're interested in booking one, you can go to sarahcohan.com. That's 
S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash coaching. And you can, you can book a call there. Yeah. Okay. That's a wrap. We're going to come back in January with more attachment healing topics, some more client stories, and some more guests. And I actually already have a guest lined up to talk about uh, sex and intimacy in February. So we're going to keep rolling with this topic. I hope you just have a wonderful holiday break, an extremely happy new year. I hope you have rest and fun and joy during this time. And um, I hope that you're just taking care of yourself in the best way that you can. Thank you so much for being here. And I will see you in the new year. 